It's time for the Baldcast with the bald predictor himself, JT Wilcox. Going bald never sounded so good. I was just a shorty that was new to the game, but I was true to the game, so yep, I can do the same. What up? What up? What up? You heard correct. The Baldcast with JT Wilcox on this great Tuesday afternoon. Uh, it's Pi Day. 314, all right, uh, the mathematical, uh, I don't even know what to call it, the mathematical figure, pi, 3.14, so pi day today. Uh, favorite pie, right off the bat, sweet potato, uh, followed by apple, but only um, the the apple with the, the crumble on the top, Dutch apple, there you go. So sweet potato, followed by apple, um, and then I'm going to go shepherd. Top three pies on pie day, uh, <laughs> coming right off the bat. Uh, sweet potato, uh, Dutch apple, shepherd pie, pie day. Uh, so welcome everybody in the ballcast with JT Wilcox. Great show uh, for today. Plenty to get into. Um, have a great guest lined up uh, who we're going to be talking to here in a minute. Uh, as well as we're going to get into a little bit of tournament talk, NCAA uh, March Madness tournament coming up. Starts actually today uh, with the first four. Uh, play-in games, two play-in games tonight uh, before games uh, officially tip off in the field of 64 uh, on Thursday and Friday. Uh, so we're going to get into that, but mainly we're going to get into some of the stuff that LeVar Ball, uh, that ha- he has been saying. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, know who exactly who that is. Uh, that's Lonzo Ball's uh, father, the, the guard from UCLA, Lonzo Ball. Uh, his dad, LeVar Ball, has been saying some things. Uh, in the media really all season, but it's really starting to heat up now uh, as we're coming to the apex of the college basketball season. So we're going to get into that uh, in just a bit. But we want to get to our guest first because we have such a great guest today. You think about, you know, high school football and, and what it is down here. Uh, it's, it's never ending. It keeps going. Uh, and one thing that has been very interesting to watch has been the coaching carousel. Uh, the coaching carousel has been turning. I mean, we have so many new coaches. Uh, a couple of them we broke and, and told you guys about. And, and as as the coaching carousel has turned, we have uh, I've been right there along the way trying to keep everything, keep you guys up to date on everything. Uh, so the latest one, uh, we talked, we broke it yesterday, and it was one that came into Monday. Not, I mean, wondering about what was going to happen with this job in particular. And I said, you know, they have to move fast because people were asking me over the weekend. I had conversations with multiple people about this very job. And we're talking about the Carroll City job uh, because it was open. And I said, hey, they got to move very fast here coming up because they've been slow playing this. Different names have come up. Different, you know, different things have been said. I said, but whatever they whatever's going to happen, they better do it quick. And they got to make a move here in the immediate future. And that's exactly uh, appears to be what they've done. Uh, so like we broke yesterday, uh, Coach Benedict Hippolyte steps down at Hollandale. That's been confirmed. Uh, spoke to Coach Hip uh, yesterday uh, and confirmed that. And he's now in the process, okay, and you hate you hate that you have to play semantics. Uh, I mean, and I'm not going to get totally on to this topic as far as dealing with you know, with the, the school board and how they, their, their policies of everything. 
So he's in the process of being hired uh, to be Carroll City's new head football coach. Uh, but like I said, we broke that story yesterday, but what we're doing here on the ballcast now is we're pushing the envelope that much further. Uh, so we're going to talk to Coach Hip today. He was he was gracious enough uh, and to to be willing to join the ballcast today, and I really appreciate him taking the time out today. Uh, somebody who that I I can honestly say, and it makes me feel old. I actually covered him as a player, and then now to see him kind of come full circle, and now to be a head coach at his second school, uh, we welcome him into the ballcast with J.T. Wilcox, Coach Benedict Hippolyte. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time today. Oh, thanks, JT. Thanks for having me, having me, man. How you doing, man? Great, 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 Coach. I'm, I'm over. I'm getting over a head cold, so I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. Um, first of all, I mean, things have been moving fast for you, I'm sure. I mean, it's been probably been like a whirlwind this past week or so. Um, how's it feel for things to kind of finally be settling down for you, I guess, a little bit, to be kind of settling down, settling, things settling down now? Yeah, I'm glad you said just a little bit, man, because things are still going on, man, and it, you know, it's a lot of things that we got to hit the ground and running, and you're talking about with just a month left before spring football starts, so it's a lot of things that we got to have in place, just, just reconstructing the whole organization and infrastructure and getting the kids to buy in, and, you know, so we can be successful when you're talking about down the stretch and getting ready for the spring football game, so right now, man, I'm just, you know, just kind of just coming around and getting kids to feel a, get a feel of me and I'm getting a feel of them and things like that. But, you know, we're not fully in the door yet. So once we, you know, get cleared with everything on, uh, 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 that we're supposed to, we'll be good to go. Right. And, and I know that that process has to play itself all the way out. Uh, we don't want to definitely don't want to put the cart before the horse. Uh, but let's talk about Hollandale. I mean, the year you spent there uh, going six and five, uh, as you did with the Chargers this past season, um, I'm sure it was an emotional uh, decision because I know you you dove right in. You dove into that community. You dove into that school. You dove into that team. Uh, I'm sure it was an emotional, you know, situation for you uh, to ultimately leave from Hollandale. Yeah, it's definitely one thing. I appreciate what Hollandale has done for me. I appreciate the community. I appreciate the administrations for giving me the opportunity to serve as their head coach this year, you know, giving me a chance when nobody believed in me and gave me an opportunity to be a head coach as a young guy and carry on the torch from Coach Jones doing such a phenomenal job and how he left the program. And I had to come right in, and you're talking about just reorganizing, reorganizing the whole infrastructure with kids and getting kids in the building and getting kids to buy in and really believe and respect in the process from the classroom all the way up to the football field and it definitely was an emotional you know time for me because I love those kids I love the community I love the parents there I love everything of what Hollandale did for me but you know understanding that when you talk about moving forward in television and and and, and this was just a, a business move for me this was God's move you know God has different lenses that we can't see as human and you know I'm just trying to stay the course and just you know just continue to do God's will and continue to de develop young people on and off now, now, one thing I can say uh, from my perspective, I think you really started to come into your own as a coach, as being a head coach there at Hollandale as the season wore on uh, from seeing you in the spring 
all the way through the, the final weeks of the regular season, I can see you really started to find your groove and your niche as a coach. Uh, what, what would you say was probably the biggest adjustment or the biggest lesson that you probably learned uh, in this year, this past year at Hollandale as a head coach? Oh, man, the, the, the behind-the-scenes things when you're talking about just the, 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 the preparation going into a game and, you know, from the film session, from the academic standpoint, you know, from the budget of financing and raising money for kids, just all the things that people don't see on a day-to-day basis, all of those things, man, really helped shape me becoming such a better person and a, such a better appreciation for, for, for head coaches across South Florida, man. We know I called Coach Ice one time and said, man, Coach, if this is all that you used to do for us when I was a student athlete, man. It, it gave me a different eyesight on how to look at things and stuff like that and understood that, you know, coaches in South Florida, head coaches, period, man, do a phenomenal job when you talk about just kids and just uh, things that people don't see the day-to-day basis. People pay their money and come watch what we do on Friday nights and Saturday nights or Thursday nights, but they don't know the things that we do, you know, behind the scenes in the classroom and making sure that those kids have things to eat and just being a parent and a father figure and a mentor for them. So it was a lot of the things off the field that we did or whatever that I really appreciated, you know, behind the scenes that gave me a better perspective when you talk about coaching. Mm-hmm. And, and you brought up Tim Harris, Tim Ice Harris Sr., and I know you, you coached under him, you played for him, uh, you were in that program at Booker T, like I said, as a player and a coach. Uh, talk about the relationship there with him and what he's been for you uh, basically growing up over there at Booker T. Oh, he's been phenomenal, man. So, you know, I am who I am today, man, because of a lot of the qualities that he instilled in me today, man. And we definitely have a father-son relationship. Whenever I'm out and about, you know, people still mistake me and like, oh, I know you, you one of the Harrisons, you know. And so he's definitely a father to me. The whole family from his wife and Tim Harris and Brandon, all of them took me in as their own, man. And I appreciate everything that they do. They're always a phone call away or a drive away to, you know, just making sure that they continue to develop me to being a, a better coach, a better citizen. And you know, a better son to my parents. You know, they do a phenomenal job with me, and just to continue to climb up the ladder and continue to de- to help develop young people. So they they play a very important role in my life, and I'm very appreciative. You know, I, it's like Maya Angelou says, man, I come as one, but I represent ten thousand, and I carry all those spirits spirits with me everywhere I go. Coach Benedict Hippolyte joining the ballcast with JT Wilcox. Uh, step down in Hollandale in the process of being named the head coach at Miami Carroll City. Um, now, you're, you play football down here, too, and that's one thing. And I think football, more so than any other sport, uh, the coaches probably had to have played. You, you had to have played this game uh, to really understand it. And I think especially if you played it right here in South Florida, you, you stepped on the field at Travis Powell, and you've been in those dogfights that we have and the kind of games we have down here. I think that is what really makes you uh, a great coach or qualified to be a great coach. Uh, down here how would you say your playing time at Booker T uh, has kind of helped you and then the fact that you're still so young that you're not so far removed from it help you relate to kids now uh, just the system coach had in place man coach was really big about just making sure that we learn you know the, the, the game having a high IQ for football so all the off the field things when we're in the classroom on the board when we were on film preparation preparing for our opponents or we were breaking down our previous film on how we did, man. Coach was so big on just teaching us knowledge of the game and understanding that it was a big component of the mental aspect other than the physical aspect that we had to make sure that we, you know, got in line with our play. And he did such a phenomenal job of teaching us. And so when I became a coach or whatever, it was kind of like – 
I was really still playing, you know. I, I was definitely young. I had the energy. I definitely had the passion for the love for what I was doing. So I was running around. I inher- I played in the system. I inherited the system. So when I became a coach and, you know, I saw a, a, a different appreciation for the system and what coach was trying to do for us, and each year I continued to get better as a position coach, and then I moved on as a coordinator and blessed to finally have an opportunity to be a head coach. So, you know, man, just being out there and understanding that, you know, you're going to go through some adversity and some challenges – as a player, but it taught me how to be disciplined. It taught me how to work with, with, with teamwork, and it, it taught me so you also have to do that as a coach when you talk about teamwork and understanding your rules and you understanding the, the, the roles that you play or whatever, and you know what I'm saying, and everybody just playing their role within the program. So being a football player at Booker T. Washington and we competed for the title definitely instilled a lot of these qualities of who I am as a coach today. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you became offense coordinator on that team that went 5-5 five and five during the regular season but turned it on in the playoffs and won a state championship. Uh, what was that experience like? I mean, because here, here at Booker T, or there at Booker T, rather, you know, it, it, was, it was winning. They had won a mythical national championship before, and, and they really hadn't lost too many games. And then to go 5-5, five and five, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, well, what's going on? Uh, but you guys still won, end up winning a state championship. Uh, how would you say that experience of going through that season, the ups and downs of it, and then to – have it all pay off in the end. How, how does that help you? Well, you know, one thing that I addressed, I, I remember that season being at Booker T as the coordinator. Um, we broke every record possible at Booker T in the worst way. We were the first team to lose five games. We were pretty much the first team to lose to every inner city school. Mm-hmm. We was the team that gave up the winning streak. So, But one thing that I admire about those student athletes there and our coaches is that on Friday and Saturday nights after we took those blows, you know, it's football like a game of life. After you get knocked down, you got to get right back up. We mm-hmm. still showed up on Monday with the business approach and understanding that we're going to get better. And as long as we make it through the tournamental championship round, which was the district play, we give ourselves an opportunity to punch a ticket in to compete for a state title. And we understood that. So, you know, competing in that kind of league, which we did, everybody that defeated us, when you talk about the St. Thomas, the Miami Central, the Columbus, a lot of those guys went on and competed for a state championship. Mm-hmm. So we were getting pushed around, but we were losing to some real good caliber team that we were right there at the door and just was not finishing. But all of those games gave us the opportunity to learn from it. So when we got into the playoff round and things like that from week to week, we were able to respond and continue to get better. We built that team commodity. We had that experience. The staff, we loved each other more than everything. Everybody bought in around that time from administration to the community, to our staff, to the kids. You know, it was just a different atmosphere because we understood we we had a second breath of life and we still had a chance to compete for the title once we made it to the playoffs. And that's exactly what we did, and it was such a phenomenal Coach, I got to tell you, listening to you talk, it gets me ready to play. I got to tell you. I, I hear you. And I, I just I want to – I feel like strapping up to go play. Uh, we're talking to Coach Benedict Hippolyte. Uh, now, one thing, and we spoke yesterday uh, at length, and you said that you were bringing in Ed Williams and, and Derek Richburg uh, with you uh, once everything gets finalized. Uh, talk about the relationships there. I mean, I know Coach Richburg has worked with you before, uh, but Coach Ed Williams, that one was uh, – took me by surprise a little bit. Well, you know, Coach Ed Williams, man, you know, every year, from even when I was an assistant coach as a wide receiver coach and, uh, uh, and finally became a coordinator, he always extended and reached out to me while he was the head coach and gave me an opportunity to, you know, always reach out and say, Coach, if you need a spot, man, I would like to bring you on as an offensive coordinator myself. So, you know, so you 
have it. Each year he was reaching out to me, saying, Coach, man, you know, I want to give up my offense. I want to give it to you, man. You know, I've been watching you. We've been keeping in contact. We have a great relationship. You need to come on over here and run the offense. And we always kept in touch. And, you know, it was a guy who I always um, contact and, you know, got some feedback on how he do things with the spread offense. And he always done a phenomenal job when you talk about offensively. And so once this opportunity presented itself, and, you know, God works in mysterious ways because that's the praying and he has on mystery. And, you know, he does a good job of developing players, man. He's a stand-up guy, man, a guy who I respect so much. When the opportunity presented itself, I just was, man, like, I have to get this guy, man, I because he can continue to help me develop as a head coach as well. He's a guy who's been a head coach for five years, been coaching down in South Florida for almost about 18 years. Coach under Corey Bell. Corey Bell's coaching at University of Florida. Coach under Jerry Hughes over at HML. He coached Thaddeus Lewis, and Thaddeus Lewis ended up going on to Duke and playing for the Buffalo Bills. So he's done a good, phenomenal job. When you talk about developing student athletes, it was just a no-brainer for me to bring him on. And Derek Richburg, you know, he coached with me from when we were at Edison and working with the defensive back in the secondary, and he was doing such a phenomenal job there. And he also came in at Edison with a winning pedigree when he was at the Kosi and, and, and coaching at the Euclid Parks over there. They combined for a record of 41-0 and in winning a national championship. So wow. he brings that winning caliber and also played on them state championship teams at Miami Northwestern. So this is a guy who understands what it takes to win and has been a champion as a player, been a champion as a coach. So he was definitely a guy who I said I need to bring and surround my staff with guys who, you know, with, with goal-oriented people and guys who know what it takes to win into mm-hmm. what it takes to build a program. And, Coach, before we let you go, because uh, you, you've given us some great stuff today, um, talk about, or, or you know, I, I watched you with, with the things that you did at, at, at Hollandale uh, off the field, uh, taking the teams to church, doing a lot of community outreach projects that you, uh, you, you set up for the team to participate in. Uh, one, are you going to bring some of those same practices with you uh, as you continue to progress forward? And two, you know, where where did that come from, and, and what do you want uh, the the community at large to know uh, over there in Miami Gardens what they're getting in Benedict Hippolyte? Oh, well, number one, we're going to continue to do those things, and number two, we got to understand that it takes a community, you know, to raise children, and they, the one thing we're going to be we're going to be definitely active in the community because these guys got to understand how to become productive citizens in society for tomorrow. See, we're not just concerned about what these guys can do for us on that green, but we're concerned about developing the whole kid and making sure that we instill the integrity in these young men so when they leave those doors of Kansas City High School, they understand how to become productive citizens and continue to help build our communities. These things are important, and that was instilled in me from a young man because if Coach Ice did not do these things with us when we were student athletes in high school, I would not be able to be the person I am today as such a young man to understand the importance of getting out there in the community, the importance of hard work, the importance of being to work on time. We have to make sure that we instill these qualities in these young men and understand that there is life after football and understanding it won't be a culture shock that when the football is done and you got to put them cleats up, that you understand that it's still important that you go back and help give back to your community. So we want for our young men to make sure that they understand that we care about them on and off the football field, give them an opportunity to go on to college, and once they go on to college, they earn that degree. If they're blessed to play on Sunday, hey, baby, we in love with it. They can come <laughs> back and build a foundation and give back to the kids in the community. If not, they get those prestigious jobs, whatever it is. If it's a lawyer or you're a judge, you're a police officer, a teacher, or a coach, you're still coming back and giving to your community and help building our community. We need to make sure that everybody collectively understanding the importance that we all have to play our part and in our role to make sure that we help develop our community be 
getting better. And, you know, these guys got to make sure that they understand that 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old men, that they serve a big impact in the community, understanding how much of a difference that they can make. I remember when we were at Booker T, when we played football games, that was a time that it was less crime. It was not mm-hmm. a lot of crime being committed because one thing that the community did, they rallied around football and they came into to definitely celebrate a common goal, and that was the success of our football program or whatever. And, and, and we need to celebrate more success stories and not going into funeral homes or people going to prison. We need to celebrate guys going on to college. We need to celebrate guys getting a prestigious job. We need to celebrate, you know, just the, the championships, man. We need to celebrate the graduation rate. You know, these are the things that we need to build in the community and understanding that we're going to continue to build it and continue to be just, just, just remarkable and one of the best, best cities in the country. Coach, listen, you, you got me excited, man. And, and I got to say, I, I wish you all the best. I, I know God is with you. And I know you're going to do some great things there. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time out today. Like I said, I know things are kind of coming down, but they're going to ratchet right back up. So I thank you for taking the time today with me on the broadcast. No, man, thank you for having me. I really appreciate you. You've always been well to me from the start of my coaching career, man. To God be the glory. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. Coach Benedict Hippolyte joining the broadcast with J.T. Wilcox. Listen, uh, Coach Hip is, is a good dude, man. He's a good young guy. And one thing that I I always will appreciate is when a young man and Coach Hippolyte like is a young man. Like I said, I covered him when he was still playing, so I'm not going to tell you how old I am. I'll tell you that he's 27 now. He told me he's 27, and, and now being a head coach uh, and going into his second season as being a head coach and take getting ready to take over uh, one of the premier tradition-rich programs that we have here in South Florida. That's huge, and that's the kind of stuff that we need. Uh, for our young coaches. This is how we matriculate coaches. This is how you develop people, even as coaches. We always talk about the players' development and their matriculation, and they're moving on and maturing, but it's the same thing for the coaches as well. You know, So maybe 10, maybe 5, 10, 15 years down the line, now we're talking about, talking about Coach Benedict Hippolyte being that next guy that's going on to the college level, like a Corey Bell, uh, like a Telly Lockett, like a Ice Harris, uh, senior and junior, you know, and, and like a Damon Cogdell and Aubrey Hill. Maybe he can be in that next group uh, from South Florida coaches that go on to the next level. Uh, so appreciate him taking the time out today. Uh, an exclusive, exclusive uh, interview on the broadcast with JT Wilcox. Uh, really appreciate him for that. Uh, so before we before we go, like I said, I want to do a little uh, tournament talk. And, and now I. LeVar Ball, if you haven't if you haven't heard about him by now, and you probably have, whether directly or indirectly, uh, probably saw his name come across the bottom line on SportsCenter or something like that. He's the dad of Lonzo Ball, UCLA guard. Uh, he has three sons, Lonzo Ball, the one he's at UCLA right now, and two younger sons, Leangelo and LaMelo Ball. Uh, Leangelo... I believe well, one is signed to go to UCLA, and then the youngest one is still playing high school basketball. Uh, they're out in California, and he said some pretty weird things. Oh, not weird. He said some outrageous things, uh, and, and he's gotten a lot of flack for it. And I'm going to read you. These are direct quotes that I'm going to read you uh, from, the, from LeVar Ball. Uh, these are some direct quotes that he's had over the past couple weeks. Put my son in Golden State, and put Steph Curry on UCLA and see what happens, end quote. 
Okay. So here you have a guy, a dad, saying his son can perform better at, at with Golden State than Steph Curry, the two-time uh, NBA MVP, NBA champion, uh, one-time unanimous NBA MVP, Steph Curry. Yeah. Um, listen, and, and this, this is my ultimate point on, on, on LeVar Ball. And, you know, I'm going to read the rest of the, the, the quotes that I have here before I give you what my ultimate point is. Here's another one, and this is with him saying that he feels that he his sons, the three sons, all three of them, uh, are worth a $1 billion uh, shoe deal or apparel deal. Uh, so this is this is a quote. This is a part of a quote. Quote, this, that's our number, $1 billion straight out of the gate, and you don't even have to give it to me all up front. Give us $100 million a year. Again, now his one son's at UCLA, one is signed to go there, and the other one's still playing high school ball. And dude is asking for a, a billion dollar apparel deal for all three combined. Like, hey, are, these my three kids. Give us a billion dollars because they're going to be great. All right, here's another one, and this one goes back into the whole apparel deal. They're quote they're kicking in the door, but they're shocked at what I'm telling them. I'm not looking for an endorsement deal. I'm looking for a marketing and distribution deal. Branding. The only person doing that is Michael Jordan with Nike. That is what we're for. If Lonzo doesn't sign with Adidas, Adidas, Nike, or Under Armour, guess what? I'll sign with the big baller brand. We already got our own brand, Triple Bs. Lonzo is going to be the first one drafted with his own brand. That don't happen. End quote. Okay. Here's my ultimate point with, with LeVar Ball. He's being just a, a tip, a, 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 he's being a dad. And we have to, a lot of people uh, in the media are, are kind of, you know, jumping down Lonzo Ball, uh, LeVar Ball because of what he's saying, how he's saying it, because he's saying it in a pretty confident, very boastful kind of way. He's saying these things. It's not like he's, you know, saying it matter-of-factly. No, he's like, yeah, this is what it is and all that. You have to give him credit because, one, he's there. And by that, and it may seem simple, but that's just unfor the unfortunate uh, times in which we live. He's a present father. He's there supporting his kids. So you have to give the man credit for that. Let's, let's kind of, you know, you, you got to cut him a little bit of slack in terms of that, the fact that he's there in his kids' lives uh, uh, for all three sons and he's supporting what they're doing, okay? Secondly, any father, and I can speak from personal experience with my father, uh, any father who has their kid, you're going to be proud of that kid no matter what they do, no matter how old they are. I mean, you're going to think that your kid is the best thing since sliced bread. Any parent, and then especially a dad with sons, anything they do, he's going to think they are the greatest or they're going to be the greatest ones to do it, and nobody's better than them now. Nobody's going to come better than them after. That's what any dad is going to feel. So you got to kind of take what, what LeVar Ball is saying with a small grain of salt is that he's just really loving on his kids and just feels real confident and really proud of his kids. Now, is it a bit much? Now, that I'll say, yeah. I'll say it's a bit much. But I can't fault a guy for just being that that confident and that proud of his kids. 
And especially, and it's not like, and, and we can only talk about Lonzo because we get to see Lonzo uh, because he plays for UCLA, uh, who's the number three seed in the upcoming uh, March Madness tournament they'll take on. Uh, I, I can't remember who it is now, but they 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 advance pretty far. So we'll get to see Lonzo Ball in action. And dude is averaging like, what, 14 points a game, seven assists, six rebounds this season? So kid can play. Lonzo Ball can play. You know, so it's not like he's saying all this stuff and his kid is out there averaging like two or three points. No, dude's putting up numbers, you know. And now some people say, oh, he's putting added pressure on, on Lonzo to go out there and perform or he's putting a target on his back. And and they recently recently talked with LeVar Ball on Undisputed on Fox Sports 1 with uh, Shannon Sharp and, and Skip Bayless. And he spoke about that. And I want you guys to go check it out. It's on Twitter. And he essentially said, it's no, it's no added pressure because this is what we've been doing. This is how I've raised them their whole lives, talking about Lonzo and the other two, LiAngelo and LaMelo. You know, this is, this is how I raised them to be, you know, to be ready for this, that anything, you know, good that you do, you give the credit to those around you. Anything bad that you do, you take ownership of it. No matter what you did, you, you should have could have and should have done more uh, for your team to succeed. And that's what he's instilled in them. So, again, Get cut the man some slack. The guy is just—he's just—he's oh, just a a, a big time supporter of his sons, just like any dad would be. And a lot of people are saying, "Oh, all the stuff he's saying is outrageous and outlandish." And why why is he doing that? He's embarrassing the kids. Here's the thing, though: you tell me, you you poll any man that loves sports, and you say, "Okay, you're gonna have three sons, right?" Three, not one, not two, but three. You're going to have three sons. All of them are going to be athletes. They're going to play basketball, a sport that you love, and they're going to do it at a high level. You mean to tell me you wouldn't be saying some of this stuff, that, the same stuff that he's saying? Whether you meant it or whether you said it, you would probably say this kind of stuff, you know, when y'all sitting around the house, you know, at the family barbecue, and you're talking a bunch of trash with your family members around. But, see, he's just saying it to everybody. So that's really the only difference. This is the kind of stuff that dads would say in that kind of situation. I'm going to be honest with you. If it were me, I'd be saying some of the same stuff. Will I say it to the media and be like, you know, saying it to any person that'll put a mic in my face? No, I, I wouldn't do it. That's not how I'd roll. But I'd feel the same way. Yeah, my kid, yeah, my kid's better than Steph Curry. Yeah, my kid deserves a hundred. My kids deserve a, a billion dollar uh, contract, uh, apparel deal. Yeah, of course, those are my kids. Why, why wouldn't I feel that way about my kids? So cut, cut Lavar Ball, Ball some slack. Um, now the one that I, he's, I, I came to his defense with all the other ones. Now he he made one statement recently that I just I just can't get on board with that. Now that's why I said, okay, get help. This guy said, back in my quote, direct quote. Back in my heyday, I would kill Michael Jordan one-on-one. Okay, we're done here. Nah, dude, come on. You played at Washington State and averaged two points and, like, three boards a game in one season, uh, the same season in which MJ averaged, like, 35. So, yeah, not going – I don't see how that's going to work out for you, bro. So that that's that's crazy. But all the other stuff, cut LeVar Ball some slack. All right, so that's the ball cast for today. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Great interview with Coach uh, Benedict Hippolyte in the process of becoming the new head football coach 
at Miami Carroll City. Great talking to him. Uh, March Madness coming up here. Starts tonight with the first four. Uh, and then things really tip off Thursday and Friday in the opening round. Uh, so do your do your sheets of integrity. Do your bracket. Uh, try to do one. I did two, but no more than two. All right? No more than two. All right, thanks so much for you guys tuning in. I should see you guys on this Thursday uh, with some more great stuff coming up. Thanks for loving the ball cast. I love you guys. There's nothing you can do about it. Take us home, live from the crib. So, yep, I can do the same. Coming live from the crib. Riding not to buy with the steam. Trying to stay alive is a trip. I'm focused on the check the 305s where I live. Floating in my Chevy, feels it high.